Hey everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Gabe Kia, born in Atlanta, Georgia, to Canadian parents, but... Always labeled as Canadian, especially in comedy. People would always be like, the Canuck, Canadian. I think people like to have like a way to label someone. We'll hear more from Gabe in just a little bit as a little Christmas present to y'all. In lieu of a dumb bit, a little extra mini interview with Alex Stone, who will also be performing with Gabe Kia this week in Cincinnati. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, the Democratic senator from Nevada, was released from the hospital Friday and is back home with his wife, his office said. The doctors diagnosed him as exhausted, adding his condition wasn't surprising given that he had been having to deal with the GOP. CBS has set an earlier-than-expected series finale date for Laugher, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> That's how Yahoo describes it, Laugher, not sitcom. Laugher, How I Met Your Mother, and we use the show to launch a new comedy, Friends with Better Lives, which will probably be joining Joey in the annals of uh, TV history. Anyway, the hour-long How I Met Your Mother finale will air from 8 p.m. Uh, on March 31st, and then beginning April 14th, Two Broke Girls, currently airing at 8.30 on Monday, will kick off the night's comedy block, though CBS will have to rename it something else. Because that's not a very funny show. Uh, my prediction for How I Met Your Mother ends is that uh, after the whole thing resolves itself, uh, it'll be the grandfather, and he'll be like, you know, kids, and then they'll try to start it over again. I'm thinking. Something like that. GOP Representative Steve King of Iowa and Peter King of New York couldn't be farther apart on the Republican ideological spectrum, yet the Tea Party Express accidentally sat on an email blasting the former, Steve King, a Tea Party favorite instead of the latter, Peter King of New York. That's surprising because the Tea Party is usually so well-informed. MTV's controversial reality show 16 and Pregnant, which chronicles the hardships of teenage pregnancy and motherhood, is getting the boot from a mayor in Illinois. Edward Zabrocki, the mayor of the village of Tinley Park, Illinois, I think they're in Chicagoland, says he does not want the show to film in his town, which is a suburb of Chicago, oh, there you go, because it sends the wrong message. MTV should be showing videos instead, he insisted. He's not wrong. Shia LaBeouf has been apologizing on Twitter for plagiarizing artist Daniel Clow's 2007 graphic novella Justin M. Damiano for his short film HowardCantor.com. It was later revealed that LaBeouf's tweets were lifted from Rand Paul. And that's been Fake News with me. Gabe Key is a stand-up comedian born to Canadian parents in Atlanta, Georgia, then raised in St. Louis, Missouri. He's currently based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and he is a hilarious stand-up comedian. Here's our interview now with Gabe Kia. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, I'm a little I'm now meeting the mic. Uh, it's, it's comedian Gabe Kia. Gabe, how you doing? Hi, doing well. Good to be here. This this is our first remote ever. Nice. Yes, and, uh, we've got great accommodations in the office of uh, Go Bananas. Our uh, our listeners around the world and across America, of course, know that uh, a lot of comedians talk favorably about Go Bananas as well as the Acme up there in Minneapolis. So two uh, storied clubs. Yes. In America. 
Right. Yeah, we've got a whole file cabinet full of uh, headshots we could go through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they kind of stopped. At, at a certain point, people stopped sending hard copy headshots. Oh, okay. And now yeah. it's, uh, now you can do it over the internet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but sometimes people can't even do that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's amazing. Some, uh, you know, if you're going to be in the comedy business, have a working website that has a, a downloadable headshot, and you'll just be so far ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I yeah. uh, I just got my website redone, and uh, KiaComedy.com. Don't go there; it's not ready yet. <laughs> uh, that, that was all serious. Um, but I had one before, and it was someone else was doing my website, so uh. I had to every time I had to update or do anything to my website, I had to go through that person. But now uh. I've got one where I have like administrative control, so I can make adjustments myself. However, I'm just learning how to do that, and I'm not very good, but. It's work. It's a work in progress. It's a learning curve. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. We got one downloadable headshot. That, but that's all you need. Yeah. Really. That, that's and a way to con and a good way to contact you that you check often. Yeah. And this. Yeah, that is true. That I don't like the contact way on this. I've seen it before. It's where you like put it at whatever. It's a contact form. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to stop spam, but I'm like, bring the spam on. I don't yeah. Care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if as long as someone's checking it, I don't care, and those usually work. So. Yeah. And uh, Mike Breen, who writes music for City Beat. Uh, and I were in the office of the City Beat one day looking through his big pile of stuff that bands send him. And we're like, we should write a book, or at least a pamphlet for bands. Here's what to do, here's what not to do. Yeah, send the yeah. CD, a bio, a nice picture, that's all you need to do. You know, this other crap that you're sending and little tchotchkes and stuff? No. Yeah. I think it'd be fun, but... Yeah, they just, I think it's just people have the idea, oh, this will grab their attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that annoys yeah. my structure. Or yeah. Maybe that is sometimes the case. All right. So you are not from this country. I uh, I'm, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. I oh, don't know. These are accusations oh, okay. that I'm totally 100 oh, percent Canadian. But I'll need no, to see a birth certificate. I uh, <laughs> I, I do have one. And uh, no, both my parents are Canadian, though. So oh, uh, I see. My mom's from Toronto. My dad's from Collingwood, and they moved oh, down here in their 20s. And I go back to Canada at every at least once a year. Usually in the summertime. Growing up, my parents have a place up there. My sister lives up there now. She moved oh. up there after she graduated. But we all were we all went to school in the states, oh. and we're all from the states. But always labeled as can always labeled as Canadian, especially in comedy. Whenever I started doing yeah. comedy, people would always be like the Canuck Canadian. Yeah. They just want to put like I think people like to have like a way to label someone. So yeah, that, yeah, you see that a lot in comedy. You see so, that a lot in life, right? <laughs> yes. So, but you so you never lived in Canada, actually. No, I've well, I mean, I've I've for periods of time so I have a little bit of an accent I was going to say occasionally on stage yeah I'll I catch. do okay. out about sorry instead of sorry uh, house outhouse outhouse that's a double that's a double down <laughs> uh, yeah those, some of those words I pick up just from like being up there and being around there so uh, yeah it, it does I do come off as Canadian and I embrace being Canadian yeah. I like being Canadian I'm dual citizenship it's easier to oh, be there you go it's easier to get citizenship if you're born I'm an anchor baby basically that's what, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I'm one, I'm one of those loophole anchor babies yeah I didn't even Very think about it anchor. until uh, I thought oh my they had my older sister in Toronto and uh, it's really hard for her to become a or it took many years it's not hard it just was it's a long arduous process to become an American citizen Believe it or not, you people that are born here, you don't. You're taking it for granted. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Well, my brother was born in England. Yeah. My mom is French. My dad was born in Chicago. So everybody was born someplace cool except for me. I was born in Willoughby, Ohio. That well. My, now you're American. My brother is uh, has Sealed. dual citizenship. He could care less. Yeah. Yeah. 
kid doesn't care for England, doesn't care for them foreigners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I um, mean, I like I like Canada, and I have dual yeah. citizenship, but I don't pay taxes up there. I don't work up right, there, so right. I can maybe get across the border a little bit easier. That's okay, about no it. free health care. No free health care, but uh, that's my plan though. Once I go terminal, head north, <laughs> go back home, get in line, yeah. go get in line, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the joke. There you go. Ah, there's lines. <laughs> They're waiting lines. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, well. As regular listeners know, and I th- you know, just from knowing me for for years and years, is that uh, I am a huge canophile. Yeah. Which surprises most Canadians. <laughs> they no, think I'm, I, I'm pulling their leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably do because they the view of Americans from Canadians is that Americans know nothing about Canada. They even right. have a show like Jaywalking up there where this guy I, I forget the name of the uh, the guy's show, but it's very funny. Uh, he goes down to the states and he asks them what. Oh, do you know who uh, the prime minister Putin of Canada is? And that's yeah. like, yeah, it's and, the, and people like have, oh, I, I didn't know that was his name or something. That was a horrible uh, <laughs> representation of the show, which I didn't even name. But <laughs> Canadians love the fact that Americans don't know anything about Canada. And yeah. the, that's why I think the the fact that this uh, the Toronto mayor that's getting all the publicity and all it's yes. negative publicity right, for like right. smoking crack and everything but yeah. I think Canadians probably secretly really like it because oh, they're yeah. like do you see the Americans are talking yeah. about us on the news like yeah. it's real well, and it's a, all because this guy's just being an idiot <laughs> yeah well there's a great picture of wearing an Argos jersey uh, too yeah. which I thought was awesome so I did a joke about that in, in fake news a couple weeks back yeah Dave Thomas was fascinated by the fact that my dad and I like Second City for a lot of the English and Canadian humor. And that was growing up uh, in Cleveland across the lake, we could pick up Canadian TV. And when you didn't have cable, you have three more channels you can watch now. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of be, uh, got immersed in Canadian culture that way. I like that, yeah. It's, yeah. That's a, that is amazing that you picked it up like that. And uh, and, the, and the programming is different up there. It's yes. like they had Second City on, they had uh, Kids in the Hall on way yeah. more regularly. But by the time I was in college, I think Comedy Central had Kids on the Hall on every day at like 1 p.m. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So I'd always watch it, but I watched it growing up. It was like one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows. And uh, Canadian programming, they they encourage a lot of uh, a lot of actors and you know different artists to to perform by having like different laws in place where yeah. they like have to have a certain amount of Canadian programming. Right. Sometimes it's bad. it's not that great. Yeah. But sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's different and unique to. Uh, to the culture too. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 always that thing of it's. Uh, we used to go up and visit. It's always like it's. I think it's about why the Americans that do like Canada so much like it. It's it's familiar, but it's still a little different. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so you can get get your taste of, of a foreign country without having to do anything really foreign. <laughs> it is. It, it's it's more European or not European, but it's more everything. Like yeah, there's yeah, more, cosmopolitan. Yeah, there's there's more uh, diversity. There's a lot more. Uh, yeah, there's just different ethnicities and a lot more because immigration is totally different. And yes. that's that's basically all that it has to do with and it it changes the culture, it changes it a lot. So do you perform in Canada at all? Uh, I have, but I have not uh, not not regularly. I've just done spots at Yuck Yucks in Toronto when I've gone up like just okay. I've been up there for like a week or something and I was stopping by. But it's always like whenever you're doing comedy and you introduce yourself to a new club and then you come back a year later they don't necessarily remember you from a year ago, so that's what I was doing. Like every year, I would just stop in and either do a spot or try to get a spot. Sometimes you won't get on, you know. Yeah. That, that's always how it works. It's different in every city, but I'd always go. I went to like the best club in the best city. I wanted to go to like a, a really good club, and I'm sure there's different places I could have 
tried to do comedy up there. But it is it it's a it's a little bit different. You could probably I could probably talk about the states a lot. Yeah. And get away with it. Like, oh, okay. They yeah. would like let they're like but I don't but I don't know. I haven't performed it enough up there to even know like yeah. what but I'm sure with American performers they just expect it. You know, yeah. expect jokes to be but they're pretty much I mean everything's pretty much similar. It's not there's not yeah. too many differences. Or you can talk about those differences yeah, and they'll laugh. <laughs> We're so, so dumb with our miles. So what got you in, in the comedy? Was it always a, a thing you wanted to do or is it something you kind of fell into? Uh, yeah, I something I liked growing up. I wasn't as as compared to some of the other comedians that I hang out with them and around now. They, they were probably a lot bigger comedy fans. I always loved stand-up comedy, watched it, but I wasn't like buying albums and like obsessed with it and listening to a lot of it. Until I started doing it, then I then I started listening to more comedy and finding guys that I liked. And uh, but it was it was just a uh, it was this I had this idea. I kept on putting these tickets to the Funny Bone on. There's a Funny Bone in St. Louis, Missouri. That's where I started doing comedy, and that's where I was from. I went to grew up in St. Louis, and I just kept on looking at these tickets. And I was thinking they were like free tickets to the open mic or something or a Wednesday show. Some some middle of the week show and uh which is which i get now uh yeah now that i've been doing comedy i'm like oh of course free wednesday tickets yeah, yeah. but i thought they were the best thing in the world and i was like i'm gonna go someday and i kept looking at them on my dresser for like but i wasn't thinking i was gonna go i was like after i go i'm gonna see it and then i'm gonna do it i want to do that i want to do stand-up comedy and i just had this idea but i didn't i didn't act on that for like a year or so and then then I uh, then I went and I watched it and I liked it. I, I remember I think the first person that I saw was Dan Chopin. I think I, I he's a, there were three comedians that night, but I think Dan Chopin's the one that uh, stuck out to me and I really liked and I related to and uh, I'm friends with Dan now. It's, he's a cool guy. He's from St. Louis and uh, and I, yeah, those are some of the guys that I I really learned a lot from. Was then I started watching comedy a lot and then I did it probably after watching for three or four months of going up to the club like once a week and or some or maybe you know go to the open mic and then go to a weekend show or whatever then I tried to I tried the open mic and I brought all my friends out and everybody uh I knew everybody in the room it was kind of awkward and I'd yeah. seen this I'd watched the open mics before and I'd seen that person go up and get this big cheer and then not be funny at all yeah, and yeah. I was like oh <laughs> man I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy but I got yeah I uh I I did all right. I did well on my first time. I did I did well. All my friends were there, so it was it was probably that had a lot to do with it. Then the second time was all right. Then the third time, then I remember like third time was okay. Fourth time was like great, and then it was like downhill and like hard for like a month. And I'm like, yeah. uh, but yeah. The, after that, the second third, I was like, oh, this is tough. You know, you like hit one that you're like, this is oh, that was a bad one. You yeah. know, I don't know everybody in the room now. <laughs> this is hard. But yeah, that. I think after that, I think it was like the. Tw I kept on writing down on my little. I was keeping like my set list or my car, my notes of what I was doing on stage. Uh huh. And I kept on writing first, second, third, fourth. I got up to like fifteenth, and I was like, I better stop writing this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna keep doing it. So. <laughs> oh, you could be committed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, now I just put the date and the venue and who I worked with oh, on okay. my little note card. A little scrapbook. Yeah, and then I, I keep that, and uh, someone can go through that after I die if they <laughs> care. There you go. So you come to Cincinnati uh, from St. Louis. Yes. For what purpose? Uh, 
I came to Cincinnati. A lot has to do with Go Bananas, and uh, Go Bananas was one of the first clubs that I worked outside of St. Louis, and I knew some people. Uh, a couple of my friends, John Doling and Nikki Glazer, had both. Oh yeah. They both had worked here. They, I think, Nikki featured for Doug Benson, and John Doling featured for Chris Porter, and we were all doing comedy together in St. Louis. And they were telling me about this club, and I came out here and I did a set, and I remember just like first time I was here I was like I really like that place a lot and then I came back uh, a few more times and and I got a week I think with uh, I think it was maybe a hypnotist or something I got I got the hypnotist week which <laughs> I was like yeah I got a week and then I was like oh I didn't know the hypnotist week is weird and different people come to that show but uh, it's yeah it was it was cool and uh, then I got after that I I think I worked here a few times um, and I decided that Cincinnati was a good location. I liked the people. I had formed relationships with some people. I had good friends here. And uh, I was I was looking to move somewhere else other than St. Louis so I could branch out and get to more more markets and try and do uh, stand-up in other cities. So, And now I'm in Peoria, Illinois next week. There you Look go. Look out. That's uh, how you do it. Yeah. Opening for Michael Winslow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I have gotten out. I've actually gotten out to a lot of places. Like Peoria is close to, um, close to St. Louis. You yeah. know, it's like closer than Cincinnati. But I've, but once you go to another place too, or even if you went to a Chicago or something like that, like Alex has done, your name gets out there, and a lot more people, and you spread out your network of being able to, uh, you know, work in different cities. Kurt sneaking in with his backpack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now you, uh, one of the, your duties here is you uh, run the uh, open mic night, which we call the Pro Am here in town. Pro Am, yeah, it's Wednesday today that we're uh, we're we're taping, and and that's usually when we have the Pro Ams on Wednesday nights, pretty much every week. Other than, uh, I mean, there's not going to be one next week because it's Christmas, and the yeah. week after that is New Year's yeah. Day, so there won't be the one then. But then our next one will be like January eighth. 15th 22nd yep and we run those uh they're kind of like an open mic night but we book it ahead of time yeah so you call in or uh best way actually to email if you call in i'll just i'll either call you back and say email me or on the answer machine it says you should email because there's like a list of uh of rules details instructions things guidelines you have to follow yes. in order to get your stage time and basically it's better to you can't tell people that over the phone. It's better yeah. to just give it to them in a print format so they can read over the rules and be like, okay. And then if they like break one of the rules, you'd be like, hey, remember when we sent you that thing that yeah. told you not to do, not to say that, not to be a TV or to be TV clean or something like that or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's good and it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much open to anybody that wants. Uh, it is a bringer show, so we like, ask yeah, that uh, that you bring people to to see you because basically no one well I mean people will still come out but it will be kind of a weak audience every exactly, week yeah. and in different cities uh, even in St. Louis they don't have any bringer policy so you can bring or you can't bring yeah. but basically what it ends up being is the comedy club for the open mic is like 20 people that aren't comics that are probably there to see one of their friends anyway right you know yeah and then there's like 25 to 35 comics in the back of the room yeah that are all just watching the show and it's kind of like a bar show in a comedy club, whereas we're trying to do, the with the Pro-Am show, we're trying to book uh, a certain amount of people. It's going to be like 15 to 16 people, and 
Uh, we'll have a closer that's usually a professional. We'll have someone that's professional taking the check drop because it's a harder part of the show and it's yeah. a later part of the show. And then we'll have a new guy probably opening up the show and someone that someone that's been doing well consistently in the middle of the show. And then everybody else uh, lay, you know, goes in between. But we try and keep it consistent at uh, an hour and a half because it's on a Wednesday night. We want yeah. people to be able to go home. Some of the open mics, they'll let 20, 25 people. Someone shows up. They're like, oh, give him a spot. Yeah, yeah. And that can happen, but it's it's pretty struct It's more structured than that because we're trying to make it consistent. So it ends at a decent hour. Right. If you want to stay out later and go to the bar next door and hang out, that's fine. But we want to make it so people can go home and be able to invite all their friends, even their friends at work and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a good environment and it's a good place to uh, get your feet wet. But it's also can be overwhelming because it's like a lot. We it can be like a crowd of a hundred or a hundred and twenty people. You yeah. Know? So, uh, but that's the best. That's the best place. It's it's better with more people and they're all there for one specific purpose to watch comedy. Exactly. And to be in a comedy club. Yeah. It's not like doing a, a show cool. in a in an alter or alternative venue where the people might be there for comedy but it just doesn't have the same feel and yeah uh, yeah. yeah the disadvantages I far outweigh or outweighed by the advantages because I know the, the big knock on bringer shows is well you know it's hard to bring five people but I mean if you don't know five people you can't get out at least once you know <laughs> yeah the way I look at it too is you, you're doing stand up you're, you're supposed to be drawing people out it's a good lesson yeah. at the beginning of your stand up experience career whatever you want to call it uh, to realize that you are supposed to be entertaining people and people are supposed to be like wanting to hear what you have to say. Yeah. People want to come see you and you want to draw people to the shows. If you can bring 30 to 40 people that want to see you, you can get on a show like with a, you know, a really well-known headliner because right. they're like, well, he can, he's got the ability to bring people out. Exactly. So, yeah. so uh, it, it goes all the way down the line and up the line. Sometimes, but you, I mean, the reality is you get into doing comedy and some of your friends get burnt out on going to your shows. Some right. of your friends get burnt out on seeing the same Facebook statuses over and over. If you're yeah. just promoting your shows, yeah. then people are like, all right, we get it. You got another show tonight. I guess you're, guess what? You're going to have a show next week yeah. or whatever. So you try and, Try and understand that, and uh, as far as marketing yourself, try and put it, put yourself out there in a way that uh, is a try. Yeah, that you want, you want people to come see you at every level, though. Yeah, so and what's nice too feel. is even if you have five people in the crowd, you have eighty people that aren't. So yeah. at least your friends will maybe laugh, and if you're doing really bad, you at least get a couple of laughs. And then if you do well, you get a lot of laughs, and that's really encouraging. So I think that's And there's really sometimes helpful. guys that they can bring out like 40 to 50 people every time, and people like get excited. They're like, oh, they bank on that guy being on the show, and yeah. they're like, oh, this guy's going to bring a bunch of people. But that guy's also trapped in a, his own little uh, tort like hell where he can't he can't uh, he can't perform. For anybody but his friends, right. so like yeah, he wants yeah. to do stuff that that's different from what his friends might like, or say he wants to come and see, am I funny without my friends? You yeah. know, like he might not even know that. So if a guy has the ability to bring a lot of people out, I'll sometimes even say, I'll be like, hey, if you want to go up and not worry about the other part about bringing out all your friends, you've you've earned the right by bringing yeah, yeah. out a bunch of people. Yeah, so exactly. we'll give you a good spot on a good show. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different guys that I, being the person that runs the show, like will that you know help out with in the future with stuff like that because they they've done it because it's, it, it it does get difficult people uh people get worn out on on the your good friends at least yeah i don't know but then they come back the good part now is i that happened to me like eight seven or eight years ago and those were like my friends from high school and college that i was hanging out with 
back then and I barely see them anymore. But now if I'm going around the country, some of them live in Peoria. Like one of my buddies lives in Peoria. Uh, a buddy that lives in Minneapolis came out and saw me and he saw me before and when I was not as good just starting out and saw me now. So it's a good difference and I like that. It's really neat to uh, to have that have them see you in that different light. Yeah, it's feast or famine with me. I can get like, you know, ten people to come out or one person. Yeah. I can never get the five. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's uh and it, I know what it is like. It's it's yeah. You you can't guarantee that you you can ask people to come and yeah. you can like try and confirm with people like, hey, can you are you the person that can make it? But yeah. to have that happen every week with five is is it can be difficult. So try and work with people and and still give get them on. But then also you don't want to be it's like the Letting the child uh, eat the cookies or something, yeah. you know. I don't. That's a horrible analogy, but you know what I mean. You're like let someone get away with someone. They're going to say, "Oh well, I don't have to get any people out." Last time I got on, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah. So I'll, you know, I always feel very badly when I only have like four people, or and the one that I attend people, I'm like, well, maybe this will be good for the next time. I only have two people show up. Maybe they'll still let yeah. me go on. No, but, that's that is yeah. the truth. That's usually how it works, and that, that's why I try and keep. I try and keep all the the. The thing we have like a tally list of who brings how many people. Oh, okay. And I try and keep those for like records so we can go back. Like if someone keeps asking me and I'm like, man, you keep on no show. You know, some yeah. people don't even show up and you got to like communicate that. And that's like bad news. You're, you might be, but you're opening up a spot for someone else that's sitting there. There's usually like five or six comics, you know, just like sitting there by yeah. the doorway as the yeah. list gets posted. That's, yeah. like, that's in every city though. Yeah. It's actually a lot less in Cincinnati. There's a lot less pressure and, and uh, people getting disappointed and drama happening. There's, yeah, there seems to be uh, enough room for everybody. That's what I. I always miss the drama. I'm oh, yeah. here for those nights. It's like the old guy that told street jokes for the old folks. Bunyan told me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always interesting <laughs> stuff at yeah. the open mic. That's the that's the entertaining part too. You you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and. Uh, and we try and let people, especially people that are experimental performers and stuff, they yeah. do different stuff. We give them opportunities over and over again, just like you know, just to see if. Uh, I mean, it might be like no one laughs at it one week, and then everybody right. yeah, laughs yeah. at it one week. But that's how comedy is. I've been at shows where I worked with the headliner, and uh, and not he he's getting st standing ovation on the first show, Friday first show, standing ovation, Friday second show. Uh, guy walking out of the showroom yelling you suck as he leaves the <laughs> showroom that's the end of the show that and it was like wow it was just yeah it's totally uh interaction with audience and performer and it can it can work and it can totally bomb the same thing in the yeah, same city yeah. 10 or an hour and a half apart so what's going on with you for 2014 i know your big trip to peoria is coming up and then what's what's uh I, I actually do not have much planned for 2014. I've been like, uh, I'm like, well, I've got to get some stuff booked here. I've got, <laughs> I'm opening for Jared Harris at, in uh, May Day in the North Side in Cincinnati, and uh, I also have a show in February at uh, in OTR at okay. Motor yeah. Motor Pub, and it's called Motor Mouth, and that's run by Carl Spath. Oh, and that. uh, okay. that's here in Cincinnati. And then the Mayday show is run by uh, Chandler Glenn and Wayne Memick, kind of do Bombs Away comedy. Okay. And they bring in uh, people like Jared Harris, who is, uh, he plays Go Bananas. He's from Los Angeles, very funny. Or he's from Atlanta now. I think he's moved back to Atlanta. But uh, he's super funny, and uh, it'll be, it, small independent venues like that are popping up all over the city. So that's what I'll say. I'll promote the 
local Cincinnati local stuff. Cool. And then uh, website will be up soon so people can yeah. find you. Yeah, 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 for okay. sure. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at @gabekia. And uh, on Facebook, I like to swap shirts with people after oh, the yeah, show. Yeah. So uh, that's a good thing. If you want to befriend, befriend me on Facebook, you can watch me uh, change clothes with audience members after <laughs> my shows. It's something I try to do every week that I'm working on the road or whatever. Keep it consistent. Usually make it a... Sometimes it's a girl, sometimes it's a guy. Actually, it's whoever asked me. Yeah, I yeah. do a joke about it, and then people come. People say, are we going to do it? Are we going to get a picture? And uh, I've never, yeah, it's unsolicited shirt swapping with Gabe Kia. <laughs> and, of course, the show uh, next week is you and Alex Stone here at Go Bananas. The uh, show next week, yeah, it's uh, Go Bananas. It's the December 26th, which is Boxing Day in yes, Canada. Exactly. That's a big Canadian holiday, that's right, so uh, that's... There I'll, you go. I'll be rare, I'll be very Canadian on that day. All right, and then I'll be American on the next on day. Friday. On Friday, on right. Friday I'll be back to being American. Sounds good. A lot of Stephen Harper jokes on uh, Thursday. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> CBC jokes. And, Stephen uh, Harper. People are like, "Is that the is that the mayor that smoked the crack?" <laughs> that would be awesome. Some people wish Stephen Harper was smoking crack. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's Go Bananas, uh, December twenty sixth through the 29th, Me and Alex Stone. And really looking forward to working with Alex. He's doing really well. He's living up in Chicago now. Originally from. Cincinnati and uh, Sam Evans is going to be oh, that's uh, right yeah Love he's going to be the, the <laughs> host <laughs> MC the first guy up starting out the show and he's living in uh, New York now and he's from that's Cincinnati right. originally and they're both uh, they're both doing very very well and if you if you've seen him before in Cincinnati come out if you uh, if you haven't seen him before I would definitely recommend coming out uh, as well and fun fact about Sam Evans someone once asked him if I was his dad <laughs> I guess they saw us talking at one of the uh, open. It must have been before I went up, and they saw us chatting, and then asked him before the show started. Yeah, so. that's. Awesome. <laughs> I know. Was that your dad? Well, it might, maybe you're giving him some uh, some good advice know. or something. You I, think very I think he's giving me more advice than the other way around. Actually, he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's very funny. So yeah, yeah definitely. He is. If you're in New York, definitely check out uh, Sam and Mark Shalafu and all those guys. Dave, wait, that we have a whole. We have a whole uh, subset of Cincinnati comics. Yeah, Andrew there. Short is going to be here right. for uh, New Year's and, Eve with and, uh, Cy Amundsen. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, yeah so he's in New York as well. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this was fun. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot Th- for thanks having for being me. on the first remote ever of PS Tape Reporter. Yes. All right. Thanks, Gabe. All right, thank you. again to Gabe Kia for being on the show. Uh, we were hoping Alex Stone would be able to join us there in the offices of Go Bananas. Alex was coming back from Chicago the next day, but then he showed up later that day, but it was too late. We did run him down on the telephone, though, and here is our little uh, mini-interview with the also hilarious Alex Stone. All right, man. Well, I uh, just wanted to get uh, caught up with you because we talked to Gabe yesterday, and because uh, you're in town doing the show with him the 26th uh, through the 29th, I guess it is. And yeah, yeah. The day after Christmas through that Sunday. Cool. So uh, for people that uh, don't know, or we we'll, we discuss this in the portion of the show with Gabe, uh, uh, Alex is a hilarious stand-up comedian originally from Cincinnati who is now in Chicago. And I guess the first question would be, why did you choose Chicago over, say, New York or Los Angeles? Um, well, for two reasons. The big reason is that I do most of my income comes from, uh, road work and, uh, like clubs around the Midwest, places like Go Bananas. Um, 
and uh, and stuff like that. And if I lived in New York, I still feature at all those clubs. So if I was to to live in New York, I, I, I couldn't financially do that anymore. I'd have to get another job. I'd have to, uh, oh, okay, you know, be a server or something like that. Just yeah. to, you know, because I'd have to I'd have to be flying to those shows. But in Chicago, I, I can drive out, and the, the stage time is is the same, really. I mean, maybe maybe slightly less, but uh, yeah, I wanted to get up more. I wanted to get better at comedy and and still work these these weekends, and so that's what drew me to Chicago. But also, uh, to be perfectly honest, my brother lives there, and okay. rent is much cheaper with my brother <laughs> than uh, it is in New York or Los Angeles. So. What does he do in Chicago? He just uh, makes money. Uh, some, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. He's just one of those guys that buys property and then flips oh. it and sells it and, and stuff like that. So oh, wow. He's essentially retired, but he, for fun, uh, invests in property and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Very good. So I'm curious, what's like the furthest you drive from Chicago to a gig? I mean, what's the furthest you've gone? And what, at what point do you have to say, now I've got to fly? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess once I, once I start going west, the furthest I've driven this year, I, dr- I drove from Chicago to Orlando. Um, okay. And that was, I mean, I barely made any money off that. I maybe made... I maybe drove down there for a hundred dollars. Oh wow! After everything was said and done. Yikes. Um. So. So yeah. But if I but if I was to fly there, I mean, also I I, I don't know. I never really check on flights, but it would have been less. Hmm. I think I would make, I would drove back like fifty bucks. But hmm. yeah, anything further than maybe like twelve hours, then we're looking okay. at me having to fly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And a lot of the guys that uh, end up out west always say that the big disadvantage is that everything is just so far away. Like you can drive yeah. maybe to Phoenix or Las Absolutely. Vegas from Los Angeles and, and San Diego and maybe San Francisco. That's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're about done. Yeah, now. yeah. So I, I think that's a big benefit to Chicago. Really, is I I can get up, you know, you know, three, four, five times a night, but then I can also get out and do these longer sets and make money, which is it's it's really the best of both worlds. I think. Now, when you were here, you were also mixed up in something called the Underbelly, and for folks outside of. Uh, Cincinnati. That was a, a comedy show put on by stand-up comedians, but they didn't do stand-up. They did more like uh, sketch comedy and just things that you could normally do in the confines of a stand-up set. And uh, so I'm curious, have you pursued any of that in Chicago? Because Chicago has been known more as an improv town until lately uh, than as a stand-up town. Yeah, um, that actually was one of my, uh, like, because Underbelly in Cincinnati has gone on to be produced in New York and L.A. with yep. comics from the show who live there now. And New York, our, our Chicago is such a city that's it's famous for its improvise, it's improv, improv actors and stuff like that. And even Second City has, you know, very famous sketch actors that I was, like, very hesitant because I thought of starting an underbelly in Chicago, but I was like, it, it almost seems disrespectful to be like, hey, here's stand-up comedy, or stand-up comedians doing sketch comedy, uh, uh, when there are so many more, op- like there's just there's world famous sketch comedy to be seen in Chicago, and so uh, I. Ha- but uh, in answer to your question, I haven't uh, pursued any of that. Okay. Um, that's been more financial, really. There's so many classes and things like that that are offered at Second City and Improv Olympic and and places like that that I would like to take advantage of. But okay. They are, they are a little expensive. Ah, but it's still but a possibility. I've, I've just been interest. trying to focus on stand up. Okay, but it is an, an interest of yours down the road, possibly. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's, you know, to have as many weapons as possible, you know, oh, yeah. to be good at, at improv and acting and stand-up, yeah. So I, I'd like to get into it, for sure. Cool. So uh, what are you talking about on stage these days? 
Uh, just whatever is happening. Uh, I don't know. Just I always try and keep it pretty autobiographical. So whatever I'm going through, whatever is going on in my life, or anything that I've thought of from the past and, and stuff like that. So I try and keep it as, as present as possible. So whatever whatever I'm going through. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's usually a lot of. Uh... There could be some uh, crazy observations in there too, not necessarily about what's going on, but the things you happen to notice. Uh, you know, I, I, the thing you have about um, that people thought what was it? Um, and I'm mis- going to misquote you. The, the that bourbon was a good idea, and who thought that was? And things like things you've kind of just noticed in the course uh, of your life. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I think I, it's kind of always filtered through, you know, through my perspective of because yeah, that. Yeah, I, mean, I I started drinking late, and I it was so weird to me that. You know, everyone does all of this drinking of alcohol that tastes awful and is is painful sometimes with whiskey <laughs> yeah. and bourbon. So yeah, so I guess it is it is observational, but filtered through the lens of my own experience. Okay, cool. And not a lot of political stuff, as I recall, either. No, no, not at all. Uh, I just it would be, it would be awful if I tried it. I don't know enough about politics to, oh, okay. to pull it off. So you, you you don't follow that at all. I try not to. Uh, I, just, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's important, but it seems like people who do follow it are always so angry that I try and just <laughs> focus my my time on other things. Yeah, it can be maddening. Believe me. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so what would like with your stage in the in your career now? What kind of you looking at as kind of the ultimate gig? You want to be one of these comedians that you know is just playing bigger and bigger venues, like uh, like a, a Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan, or maybe branch out and do other things like acting and other kinds of comedic performing. I don't really know. Um, I try and keep most of my goals uh, short term. Um, I think that it gets very. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to keep moving forward when you have these like very far off goals of well, I want to do theaters or I want my own sitcom. I think uh, I'm just trying to to work hard every day and write and get up on stage as much as I can, and I'm just trying to be the best comedian that I can be. I mean, this sounds just like a very political answer, but I'm just <laughs> trying to um, get better at comedy right now and 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 keep writing and sharpening my skills on stage. And I feel like, you know, through these, uh, through the, through this effort of, you know, putting myself in positions to succeed, that I'll be happy with wherever I end up. I mean, I would obviously like to, to do theaters at some point, and I would love to have my own sitcom, but, but currently, um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get good enough to put myself in position to have those things offered to me, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so, uh, do you have like a, a website where people can uh, check you out and, and and follow you and where you're posting your dates and stuff? Yeah, uh, it's alexstonecomedy.com. Um, people can go there. It's in the process of being redone, so it's not uh, extremely current. But it, uh, I'm going to have a new one hopefully by the first of the year, and I'll have you know okay yeah tour dates and stuff like that. But if they want to be my friend on Facebook and Twitter, uh, that that stuff I. I post more frequently on there. Okay, cool. Sure. So, what, in other words, if well, my my point being is, if you're within 12 hours of Chicago, you may have a chance yes. to see Alex Stone. All right, <laughs> and that's what we're Absolutely. really after because uh, we would like people to come check you out. For sure, come yeah. up to what? this uh, weekend at Go Bananas. Absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, that'll be the 26th to the 29th in Cincinnati. If uh, and if you want to, you know, uh, you know, if some kids are off school, the college kids, maybe make a trek to Cincinnati. Well worth your while to see Alex Stone, Gabe Kia, and Sam Evans. 
that's a lot of good Absolutely. comedy there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. What other cities do you work? I mean, are there cities you work pretty often, or you you stop in once a year? What other what other towns do you frequent? Uh, I say I go to Indianapolis a lot. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm there. They have a Crackers Comedy Club there. Yep. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. I'm there a couple times a year. Um, where else? Uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. I'll, I'll go there fairly often. Um, yeah, very Midwest towns. Milwaukee, I'll go to. If you live in Michigan, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you live in Michigan, Indiana, or Wisconsin or Ohio, I you you'll see a lot of me. Oh, good. All right. Well, very good. And if not, drive to those places, people. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Great. All right, Alex. Well, good talking to you. Um, shame we couldn't do this Thanks, in person, yeah. but uh, the, the week kind of got away from me. So, um, oh, yeah, uh, no good luck with the shows. Good luck uh, back up in Chicago, and uh, we'll be getting folks out to see you. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, Alex. Bye. Take care. Thanks again to Gabe, Kia, and Alex Stone for being on the show. You can catch both of those guys performing at Go Bananas December 26th through the 29th. If you live in the Midwest, which which is mostly where those guys perform, although they perform outside of the Midwest of the U.S. as well, uh, do go see them. Uh, Gabe is headlining a lot now. Alex still featuring a lot, but do try to catch them if you have the chance. You will not be sorry. Um, and also Sam Evans, I want to mention, is also on that show in Cincinnati, another funny young man. If you're in the New York area, do catch Sam because uh, Sam is living there now and doing sets there. He's just back home uh, for this run of shows with Gabe and Alex. Okay, so let me see. What else can I do for you? Oh, uh, by the way, uh, neither of their websites is ready. That would be Gabe and Alex. So what you want to do in the meantime is just go to their Facebook pages, Alex Stone, Standard Spelling, Gabe Kia, Gabe, K-E-A, not like the automobile. So K-E-A, just uh, friend them on Facebook. They'll friend you back, I'm sure. And then when their websites are ready, they'll let you know. All right, so uh, I think that's going to do it for us other than the usual uh, nonsense. Uh, logo designed by Dan Coble. <laughs> not nonsense, he did a nice job. Uh, find Dan and Logan's podcast on iTunes. That's the Magic Potion podcast. Music for PS Tape Recorder was performed and composed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Like the podcast on Facebook. Uh, let me see. Next week, we will have Ryan Dalton on the show, funny comedian from Cleveland. We will delve into the whole Duck Dynasty thing. Ran out of time this week, but I really want to get to it, and hopefully it'll still be uh, of interest to you. So other than that, so long, and thanks for listening. <laughs>